0: Hello, I'm Alex Zane, film journalist, movie fan and your host for A Trip to the Movies. I'm currently in our podcast studio a mile beneath the streets of London and in a moment my guest this week, the brilliant actor, writer and director Adam Deacon will be taking us on his perfect night out at the cinema. Thank you for downloading the podcast, this episode is brought to you by Odeon and if you've been to watch a film at Odeon lately, you'll know that nothing beats that cinematic feeling. It's not just about stuffing your face with delicious just popcorn although let's be honest that helps it's your hair standing on end your palms sweating and being transported somewhere magical it's feeling every footstep of some giant lumbering monster it's car chases space battles and your heart beating out of your chest it's about feeling cinematic and nobody does that better than odeon head to odeon.co.uk or download their app to book your next adventure today And if you'd like a pair of tickets to head to your nearest Odeon, stick around after the interview and I'll tell you how you can get your hands on a pair. Also, if you would like to watch... Today's interview in glorious Technicolor. Do head over to our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel. And please, while you're there, hit subscribe and help us grow the pod into a giant temple of film. The video interview for each episode goes up the Friday after the episode lands as a podcast. For all the latest social media updates and to get in touch, you'll find us at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at Trip to Movies Pod on every podcast social media platform right then time to introduce today's guest who I interviewed just yesterday in our Soho studio so let's do this Hello and welcome to a trip to the movies where each week a special guest takes us on their perfect night out at the cinema. This week we are joined by a brilliant actor and filmmaker. He's the man behind the hit 2011 comedy Another Hood who went on to win the BAFTA Rising Star Award in 2012 having taken some time out, during which he's been a huge advocate for raising awareness about mental health, especially in young men. He's now back, behind and in front of the camera with his riotous new comedy, Some Other Hood, which hits UK cinemas a week today on Friday the 13th. Here to tell us all about that and take us on his perfect night out at the movies is the brilliant Adam Deacon. Adam... Great to have you back making movies. Great to have you on the show. Great to be talking some other hood. How are you?
1: I'm really well, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Ah, It's a pleasure. It's good to see you again. We were just chatting. It's been just over now, 10 years since we saw each other. I interviewed you backstage 2012 when you picked up the BAFTA Rising Star Award. Yeah, a long time ago, man. When you you look back now at... uh, at that night, what, what, mm. what are your memories of, what do you think about when you think of that night and that, that win for the BAFTA Rising Star?
1: The whole night was surreal. I just remember looking back at it and I was like, because I had never thought I'd have a, a chance really of winning that award. And I remember getting on stage and forgetting all the names I wanted to shout out because it was literally, I was just so overwhelmed. Um, I think I look back at that night with mixed feelings because I think I was quite naive, really. I felt like a lot was going to happen in my career after winning that award. I think I felt like, You know, I was going to get bigger roles and my career was going to go forward and it kind of, it was so amazing winning that award, but I guess it didn't go according to plan and kind of, yeah, I was quite naive, I think, looking back, Mm. but it was an amazing thing. And obviously to be voted for by the public, that, that felt amazing. Yeah.
0: And so, I guess, sort of, as you said, like, maybe things didn't go according to plan in the immediate aftermath, mm. but but now, you know, I mean, we're sitting here, we're talking yeah. about that your movie, writer, director, star, first movie that you've yeah. done all that for, like, ten years. Yeah. Can you now look at it with, sort of, a fonder memory?
1: A hundred percent, because I, I'm a strong believer of everything happens for a reason, so... I feel like everything I went through in the last 10 years, it's made me stronger. It's made me more determined to do what I love. Um, Yeah, that whole BAFTA experience was just really surreal and very overwhelming because it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Mm. And I just remember that love from the community, people coming up to me, telling me they like voted like 10 times on their phone. Mm. And yeah, I remember it became quite a class divide in the media at the time Mm. because you were up against, you know, kind of people from a a totally different background, but I was really proud. I I really am proud of that night. I look back and I'm just really proud.
0: I mean, it's still something that crops up every so often, you know, uh, people talk about this still, you know, whether certain people are in a position where they can go into acting, Mm. let's let's call it what it is, perhaps they come from slightly more privileged backgrounds, Mm. so Mm. they have the financial means to pursue that career, whereas... Other people, you yeah. know, I, I yeah, like yourself, you yeah. know, come it's been it.
1: hard, yeah. yeah, it's been hard to to kind of, you know, that's what for me filmmaking was always about. It was about mm-hmm. writing my own work because there wasn't enough work for me getting made. So, yeah, you know, I think things are changing, but I think obviously a, a lot more needs to be done. But I feel like I said it in my speech in the BAFTAs. I felt like. I was accepted in the industry so that meant a lot to me
0: mm. uh, well let, let's bring it right up to date now because obviously I we're going to talk about some other hood uh, how did it feel being back in the director's chair making this movie right now
1: i feel so blessed like i really do like it, it's been a long journey getting to this point and i worked so hard not just me but the whole team behind some other we worked so hard it was kind of like an eight-year process getting to this point so and at one point I thought I'd never get to direct again. I thought I'd never work again. So I look back and I'm like, wow, how did we get to this point? You know, we, we were a small independent film. We got signed by Paramount. Um, it's, it's, it's. yeah, I, I, I'm just really proud and I feel so blessed to be doing what I love because I love being in this industry. I've been in this industry since I was 12 years old and I feel like, I guess, some other hood for me was trying to prove myself, you know, letting people know that, Look I'm back, I'm cool
0: I feel creative i am back, and yeah i I feel really proud i do I mean that's I mean I, I that's that's amazing did did it feel like a bit quite a lot of pressure though because as yeah, well as making yeah, a yeah, movie yeah. and going this this movie's going to be good mm. it's also I guess for you personally, mm. right, bearing in mind your journey over mm. the last ten years, it is about that it is mm. sort of going, look, i you know, I'm okay as well yeah,
1: yeah, because it was I think for me there, there is a real stigma of mental health, and I feel like. That's something I've had to deal with in the last 10 years. And I felt like the only way I could let the industry know that, look, I'm cool. You might have read things about me that might scare you. And like, but I have gone through a lot of changes. I've grown up. I've, I, I'm aware of my, how to deal with my mental health now. And yeah, I think it was just reminding people that I've been doing this a long time. And, and if it was up to me, I would have, I would have never have left. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel really blessed to be doing what I love. And I feel very blessed to be given a
0: second chance as well. Mm. Uh, Well, we're going to talk a bit more about uh, some other hood, but uh, give us a little taste for, for those who aren't uh, Mm. fully aware of what this movie's about. I mean, I want to call it a kind of a modern tale retelling of Romeo and Juliet with guns, but you tell me what, how you're describing it.
1: Yeah. Like, so, you know, we've had, we've had so much, you know, we've had top boy and we've had blue story and they're just amazing projects. And, but it's always been the kind of gritty side of things. And, my thing was, look, I just want to make a comedy. I just want to have a laugh. I want to, I want to do something that hopefully hasn't really been done before. Have a comedy, but also add some drama into it, add some action into it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's literally, it's about two characters, Rico and Kane. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> click-clack.
1: Yeah, <laughs> click-clack. They get into some debt with a local bad man, and um, they have to think of different ways to come up with the money. Mm. And before you know it, they've got themselves mixed in with the the real gangs of East London. Mm. Uh, the police are looking for them. It's just a bit of a wild adventure, really, yeah. But hopefully we've always wanted to do something that ha- I don't think has been seen in this country, that kind of, that energy, that comedy, that hopefully it's it's a, it's, a, it's a little different, yeah.
0: It's it's great fun. And just put my mind at rest, is that the most middle-class reading of Click Clack you've ever heard that I just did? No, do you know what's <laughs> mad?
1: Because like, everyone's saying it. Yeah. We're in the Paramount office and everyone's saying it, so I'm used to <laughs> everyone just... Click, clack. We just want everyone saying it. Yeah.
0: It's great. I started doing it immediately after I finished the movie. Oh, wicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, a lot of people will know uh, your work from Anotherhood. Yeah. This isn't a direct sequel. No. But it, it, th- th- would you call it a spiritual sequel in some way?
1: Well, we wanted this to be a standalone film. Hmm. Um, but I knew I had to bring back the nostalgia of Anotherhood. We had to bring back faces that people would recognize. And, um, it is a different story, but I feel like if you, if you were a fan of Anotherhood, you're not going to be disappointed because we've, we tried to keep that same essence. But again, just adding a different dimension to it, you know, adding that drama, adding that action, adding some real life issues into the script as well. Mm. I think hopefully it's just, it's Anotherhood, but hopefully stepped up to another level, really, yeah.
0: It's, um, it must feel nice. I don't know whether you, you read comments under like the, the trailer on YouTube, mm. but the uh, amount of excitement mm. from people going, oh, brilliant, another yeah. and I, I can't wait to see this. It's I, crazy. Like, how does that Considering feel? Considering
1: it's like over 10 years right. ago, I can't believe there's so much support. And, and people really remember that movie. And it's, it's amazing to, to know that, you know, it's, it's, stood the, it's stood the length of time. You know, it's, mm. there's been a lot of support. And I feel like, my fan base—they've been waiting for this film a long time. I've had messages for years. They've seen my journey. They—they've seen when I used to tweet about getting rejected from studios when we were trying to get the funding for this film. So honestly, it's been a—it's been a long journey. We—I went through a lot of rejection. Um, had to really believe in the project myself. But we're here now, and
0: it—yeah—it feels surreal. And you know, I mean, what—what was—I I didn't expect it, and I didn't know it was going to happen. And then, you know, within the. First five minutes Mm. of the film, you are addressing some of the things that people will have read about you Mm. and and know about you Mm. over the over the last ten years in the film, Mm. like and and, and in very in a very funny way. Was that kind of cathartic for you to like put that on film? Is it? Was that kind of like a full stop? It's like, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that didn't happen. Mm. I'm fully happy to talk about it, and this is it, Mm. and that's I put it in a film now.
1: Yeah, because for me, I think when Everything that went out there so publicly, I think I was in a place where I wasn't, I didn't expect that. I didn't know everything was going to be so public. And mm. you've got to realise in that period of time, I had a breakdown. You know, I, I didn't know I had bipolar. I, I did things that I'd never in a normal day ever do. You know, I was very ill at the time. And I feel like it was upsetting to to read them things about myself and, and to see that. And I, I felt like when I was at my lowest point, I always felt like, look, If I can get back out there and I can make another film, I've got to address these issues. Even if it's just for the fact of, you know, yes, you might be scared of the things you've read, but if I can make light of it and I don't take it too serious, then hopefully the people watching, hopefully the industry, they won't take it too serious. And they realise people can change, they can learn, they can grow. Um, But I felt like even though me and Rico are completely different characters, Mm -hmm. I had to touch on them issues subtly and hopefully in, in quite an authentic way because I want the conversation out there about mental health. Mm -hmm. I want to raise that awareness and I want to break the stigma of mental health because part of the reason why I had to make this film is because, yeah, I felt like, you know, the industry were kind of looking at me and they were, they were scared. They, they read things and, and it was like, I have to address it in my own way. And, and especially, I think for me as well, getting young men talking about mental health, that's really important to me. The amount of young men that have come up to me and are like, I'm going through my own struggles. And I felt like men should talk about it more. We've got a scene in there where, you know, me and Dwayne, we talk about men talking about their mental health more. And what I love is Kane's character. He often asks me in the film, have you taken your meds? And I just think if we can make that conversation more common, that's got to be a good thing.
0: It's a beautiful relationship uh, Rico and Kane have Mm. in the film. And I I think their relationship and the fact that he has got one eye on on his best friend's health is, is so important.
1: Yeah. And and it's that thing of you know if you you know someone out there that suffers from bipolar or something different, it, it's okay to check up on them. Check up on them. Be there for your friends. I think that's important.
0: Um, let's talk about a, a completely different element of the film. A really sharp left. How does one go about getting Ed Sheeran to play a crackhead in their movie and take a shit in the bushes?
1: I look at what we've done and I still can't get my head around it. I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe what we actually done with Ed. Do um, you know it's really weird we. Me, Jazzy and Michael, we always knew we wanted to reach out to Ed Sheeran at an early stage of writing the script, but we didn't know how we were gonna go about it. We didn't have the connection and we just thought it'd be amazing if he was in it. And Kevin Bishop, one of the producers uh, of the film, he had a relationship with Ed and he reached out and I managed to get a FaceTime with him. And we just had a very honest conversation and he was like, look, I'm a massive fan of Another Hood. I went to see it three times with my mates and I'd love to be in the film. And But what he said to me, was like, he didn't want to play himself like he has in a lot of yeah. a lot of the other work he's done. He wanted to play a character. And I think when I heard that, I was like, all right, how far can we push this? I want people to see Ed like they've never seen him before. And he was just down. He got what we were trying to do. He understood the kind of comedy we were going for. And honestly, I can't rate him enough because he's such a perfectionist. Like he rehearsed and he rehearsed. And it was quite um heavy dialogue. It was it was a lot of dialogue and he learned his lines. He improvised on set and some of that made the edit. Um yeah, I, I respect him a lot and we become good friends after that. Yeah.
0: He's great. He yeah. he's great. He's twitchy and like yeah. always, he makes your skin crawl. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's so But
1: well, he was so good at taking notes as well. When I was directing him, he really listened. And, you know, you work with some actors and they don't quite understand what you're trying to tell them. But he was very on point with understanding everything. And 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 I and I really respect the fact he trusted me as well. You know, his thing was like, Ad, I'm willing to do this, but, you know, I trust you. If it, it looks like it's going wrong, let me know. I want to work. I want to get this right. And I think he smashed it. Yeah.
0: Smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. It's Thank great. You. It's great. Yeah, well done. Um, I mean, we could talk about the, the 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 cameos all day. I mean, you've got Jennifer Saunders, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was your me at the end. And um, also, I think the one that did a lot of traffic online and people went, was that Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> like, how, what? Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah. A
1: cameo from Jeremy Corbyn? So like we were in the office at pre-production and we were like, look, how, how wacky can we get with this film? We've got obviously the bank scene. And I was like, actually, there's, there's room. We can We can go a bit crazy with this. There's room to kind of add someone a bit wacky in this. And I met Jeremy years back at a play I was doing in Hackney And we just met and he seemed like a really lovely person. He told me he he supported my work. And one day I just reached out to him. I was like, look, we're doing this comedy. It's a crazy comedy. We just want to have a laugh. Are you up for it? We met up. And again, he totally understood what we were trying to do. He came down to set. He didn't take himself too serious. And yeah, it was... It was one of them moments again where I was like, Wow, what are we creating? This is <laughs> this is a real mix match of different people in this film. But but that's what we wanted. We wanted it to be different and a bit wacky and yeah.
0: It's great. It's crazy. It's surreal. You yeah. like is that it's a that- different world, yeah. It yeah. is, yeah. it is. It sort of feels like this world, but maybe just like a little bit threadbare, like another dimension.
1: Yeah, well I mean when you've got the Merkel man Jamar coming <laughs> out in his costume and all that, it is it's like, look, we just want it to be, we want to take you on this mad adventure. Yeah. Mm. That was always the plan.
0: Uh, Well, congratulations on the movie. Uh, Some other hood hit cinemas uh, around the UK, October the 13th.
1: October 13th. October
0: the 13th. So, speaking of cinema, it's now time to leave this reality and enter another dimension, a dimension of pure film where our virtual cinema awaits. Adam, you are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies. So we push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz, as there always is, in the cinema foyer. The hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip. Adam, who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you?
1: I think Ray Winston. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to just go cinema with him and talk about films and get his take on on the British cinema. And I'm just a massive fan of his, yeah.
0: Have you ever had the chance to
1: meet him? I have met him once on a red carpet. I think we said hello to each other, but it's really weird because I know Jamie so well Mm. and we're such good friends, but I've never really spoke to Ray in depth. And I'd
0: I'd love that to happen at one point. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, he's made some iconic films. Yeah. I mean, do you have a, do you have a favourite Ray Winston performance? I
1: love Scum Mm. uh, and I love Sexy Beast as well. I know they're very far apart, but yeah, I just, I I love his work. I just love that, you know, that authentic Britishness that he has, yeah.
0: Um, If you could talk to uh, Ray Winston about anything in particular, would it be Sexy Beast and Scum?
1: Yeah, I'd love to know how, what it was like being that young, making them kind of films from his background, um, how he kind of navigated his his way, being a working class actor in the industry. Yeah, I've always kind of looked up to him, I think, from a distance, yeah.
0: Mm. And you, because I'll be completely honest, I met him once, a bit like you right. on, on yeah. a red carpet yeah. and I was quite intimidated. Really?
1: I, I don't get that a lot. Okay. Really? Yeah, he's got that, he's got that way about him, hasn't he, on screen. But mm. I've, I, from, I, I remember um, being on set with Jamie and I'd hear conversations, but he's just, he's so down to earth. That's the vibe I got from him. He's just a, like a nice person and down to earth. And yeah, I'm, I, re, I, I love watching his work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I will say, yeah, I, even though I was intimidated, Within like seconds, I was like, oh, no, you're all right. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just that voice. That, yep, the, yep. And you're like...
1: He's got the voice, yeah.
0: And you've seen him in so many movies where of it's course. like, gangsters. Yep, and you're like, yep. okay, no, it's just Ray Winston. Yep, just yep. Ray Winston. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, it's you and Ray Winston going to the cinema. Uh, now, Adam, there's a clock on the wall in the foyer. It reads a specific time. What time of day have we gone to the cinema?
1: I would go around 5 p.m. Because I'm not really a morning person. So I wouldn't want to wake up too early and go to cinema and I feel like I wouldn't really want to go too late so yeah somewhere in the middle 5 p.m. I mm. think would be my perfect time.
0: Not a morning person at all. You that like No, I've got
1: to be a morning person with the job I do like so I'm, I'm 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 all right but I just feel like if I could have my way I'd rather wake up on a, a nice leisurely hour have something to eat go to the cinema
0: and just chill. Yeah. Do you do you do you like the fact because I imagine like in in the, the nature of what you do each day is different. Yes. Yeah. Do you try and instill a routine in your days, or are you quite happy to just sort of roll with whatever the day holds?
1: I think what I've done in the past is always just go as you know just go with the flow. But I feel like what I've learned um, about having bipolar uh, is that routines really important for me mm. to make sure I get to sleep at a certain time and. All these things I've learned, you know, for my mental health, it's really important I do stick to a routine. So I'm um, I try really hard to have more of a routine in my life now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So the routine for our virtual cinema trip, 5 p.m. uh was saying. So that, that that's good. That's quite a a busy screening. I early guess it year. is, yeah. Uh, do you do you like a busy cinema? Do you like the communal experience or do you like it when it's slightly quieter?
1: Um, I guess it kind of depends what film I'm watching, because if I'm going to a comedy, I like there to be more people. I like it to be quite busy so you can hear the laughter. But I don't know if it's a deep film. I guess less, yeah, less people would be better, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hate talking and when people are like got their phones and it drives me mad. Mm. When people are on their phones in the cinema and all that. It's like, turn your phone off,
0: man. I just, to this day, I, I don't really understand it. Like, yeah. it, it makes me angry. I'll tell you why it makes me angry and you can tell me what, if, why, why it annoys you. Apart from just the obviousness of like, it's the light. It's like, What's going through your head? Are, yeah. you, like, are people that unaware of yeah. like, their surroundings? Yeah, that it's mad.
1: Like- in the cinema, watching a movie, man. Like, yeah, it's mad. But yeah, that, that winds me
0: up a bit. Yeah. Mm. All right, we're going at 5pm. So you have booked the tickets for the cinema trip, Adam. Thank you very mm. much. And um, where in the auditorium are we going to be sitting? What seat?
1: Um, I guess it would have to be in the middle. Cause I was at a cinema recently and the screen was massive and I was at the front and it was a bit kind of hard to to know where to look. I had to kind of look around and my eyes were going around the whole screen. So when you're too close, it's a bit of a problem. I think I think somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a popular seat choice and I'm, I'm not that it's a competition, but I've, I'll I'll see your giant screen sitting at the front and raise you giant screen sitting at the front. This is just last week. With subtitles. Oh wow! It's I, I was like, yeah, just trying to keep up. Your eyes away. must be doing a lot of work. Whiplash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to put you in the middle. Right. The final thing, Adam, we need before we leave the foyer and head towards the auditorium. Oh, the air is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs yeah. are available. What are you choosing to eat?
1: I love a hot dog.
0: I love a hot dog. I, love,
1: I like it with onions, but not a lot of cinema come with onions. I've noticed that, but I love a hot dog. And I guess some sweets at the side, sour sweets. I need a big cu- uh, big carton of Coke, Coca-Cola. Uh, yeah, that'll be pretty much what I'd like to, to have while I'm watching the film. Hot dog, Coca-Cola, and a bag of sour snakes, if that's what they are, you know, oh, the snakes, yeah, or, or yeah. cola bottles or something
0: like that. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, just whatever it is, like sour, like the Haribo Bow. Mm, I love Tantastic. sour sweets. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. yeah. But that H- Haribo Bow, fantastic. I used to love them, but they're not as sour as they used to be. So I'm always trying to find more. I need more sourness.
0: Is it? Is it? <laughs> this is my this is my weird theory because I agree with you. Yeah. And I'm like, I hope it isn't that one kid's gone. No, mm, it's too sour. Yeah, and-, and they've just lost the
1: sourness. <laughs> it's not right. We yeah, you want sour for being sour, so make it sour. Mm. Yeah, you know
0: what I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, we've got the hot dog, uh, mustard and ketchup? No, I don't like mustard. Just a little bit of ketchup. A little bit. But of
1: lots of fried onions. But like I said, you can't really find fried onions in a lot of cinemas.
0: Well, Adam, in this cinema, because it's. We've got food, fried onions, yeah. It's your perfect trip. Beautiful. You got as many fried onions. So you, you don't want it, uh, no No pizza, no nachos?
1: No, I like. Okay, I feel greedy because I've got a lot of food. I've got a hot dog, <laughs> sweets. But yeah, if I could throw in some nachos with cheese as well. Yeah, that'll be good.
0: Oh, you would. So you're saying yes to nachos? Yeah,
1: yeah, with the melted cheese on top. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a divisive choice on the show purely because, um, considering like you know, cinema etiquette, a lot of people feel nachos too noisy a snack. It is
1: kind of. It's a bit selfish, isn't it, to choose that? I guess because mm. it yeah, it can be quite noisy.
0: But I don't know. You you probably know better than me. I've, I I I'm a cinema nachos virgin. Um, apparently the 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 let's call it cheese i'm not sure if it actually qualifies as cheese yeah but whatever the cheese is yeah 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 um apparently it can act as a lubricant this is what i've heard so you don't necessarily have the crunch you ever you ever experienced this i haven't no 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 no. but yeah
1: i'll I'll check it out so okay i'll put loads of cheese on it and see if there's a difference swimming in cheese
0: Yeah, yeah yeah swimming in cheese right we have everything we need let's head towards the auditorium so i push open the door into this corridor as we walk down towards the cinema itself and now the corridor is looking pretty bare at the moment so i'm going to put up some posters that represent some of your most important movie memories and the first poster depicts adam your fondest movie memory
1: i remember going to cinema back in the day and um I remember going to see Home Alone 2, and I remember like the 3D posters they used to have in the cinema. You don't really get that many 3D posters anymore. Now it's all kind of digital. and But I just remember that feeling of like being a kid and yeah, they all the advertisements were in the foyer. And, but I, I used to love them 3D posters.
0: The big, You mean the big cardboard ones? The cardboard ones, ones yeah. Like I've be... actually
1: got one for Another Hood that I was given. No. Where, that we had one on Another Hood, but um, I haven't got the space to put it. Where, in my flat mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm waiting till so when I get a bigger place I'm going to put I'm going to make the whole 3D cardboard things
0: yeah I'm going to have it in the flat and all that but yeah um, I love it I love that that's great and where is your where, where do you do you keep your BAFTA on display in the flat
1: yeah yeah it's on a little mant, in a little mantelpiece yeah okay yeah,
0: cool yeah. cool so Home Alone 2 um, so you like the 3D posters did you you, you, you like the movie obviously it's, I love the movie yeah right yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a Christmas classic Um, now obviously it was it was Your fondest movie memory? Are you a Home Alone or a Home Alone Two kind of guy? Which is the better Home Alone?
1: You know, I love. I think Home Alone the first one is probably the better film. But I just remember being at that age where the sequel seems so hype. You know, like when you love the film, and I loved Home Alone, and I remember like this. Oh my God, they got this sequel, and it just looks so cool, Lost in New York, and. It just, yeah, you. I don't know if you can get that same buzz when you get older, but there was just this excitement about there being a sequel to that movie that I'll never forget.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember it as well. I was the yeah. same. I was yeah. like, oh, he's a home alone again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is it not as good because Donald Trump's in it? Is that, is that does that just take that little, it takes forget it down? forget he's in it.
1: He is in it, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think his deal was, he said, he said, uh, you can use the Plaza Hotel, which he owned, mm. but I have to have a cameo. Of course in
1: the movie. he did. Of course he did. Of course
0: he did. Yeah. Uh, uh, right then, we're putting up a poster. In fact, for the first time ever, we're going to stand a 3D yeah, poster. Yeah, take it old school. In the corridor for Home Alone 2. So we continue down the corridor. Now, the second poster depicts, Adam, your worst movie memory.
1: Mm. I remember going to see Lord of the Rings. Yeah. We went to a late showing and I just... Yeah, I just fell asleep. And it's not often that happens to me. Maybe it was because of the time of the day, but I just felt found it quite like, oh, I wasted my money, man. I just remember feeling like that was a bit of a waste. I just fell asleep and yeah.
0: (laughs) So wait, this is the epic,
1: the epic. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Loads of people love it. And I'm I'm sure it's a great film, but I just, yeah, it was just a bit slow for my liking. I just, but maybe, like I said, maybe it was because we went so late. We Mm. went at like 10 p.m. and I didn't realize how long it was. And yeah. But, um, yeah,
0: that's not a time to start. It's not, is it? No. Yeah. 10, ten at night. Sat, like... Yeah, really late showing. Yeah. So this was this the first, do you remember? The this first one? one, yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a little while to get going as well. I might I might check it out again and see as I've got older if it does something different to me. Yeah. So you've never watched it since? I haven't. Have you watched any of the others since? I haven't. Okay. No. So no. it's all based on this. It was
1: based around that one experience <laughs> when I went to the cinema and it just kind of put me off and...
0: Yeah. Do, do you, as a rule, like the, the fantasy genre, like the swords and wizards and sorcery? And
1: I'd love to be in a movie like that. Mm. I would. I'd love to be in a movie like that. But I think if you ask me what entertains me the most, I kind of like the drama and the, and the, more, the more authentic kind of movie. Yeah. The real life
0: setting. Mm. Sort of set contemporary or, mm. or historical. But... I love
1: real life stories. Mm. I think that's, yeah, when, when it's a true story, I love that.
0: Okay. Okay, well, we'll put up a poster then for the worst movie memory of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Our third poster then depicts, Adam, the last performance that brought you to mm. tears.
1: Do you know what? I just remember watching um, This Is England, yeah? And I remember the ending of it where there's that scene where I think it's Combo's character. He just attacks, racially attacks um, one of the black, black characters in the film. Mm. And I um, remember that was really hard-hitting. Like I was like, got quite emotional because it was just, just so full on. Like it was a really hard hitting part of that movie. Um, I remember, yeah, it affected me. It was like, yeah, it was, it was really raw. And I, I think that's we make them kind of films so well in in the UK. You know them hard hitting, thought provoking movies. But it did it. It was, it was quite raw.
0: I think I remember the scene. So this is Shane Meadows' 2006 movie. This is England. So mm. it's um, I think, I think you're right. It's. It's so awful because mm. they're friends at the start. They
1: were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And it's just such a violent and nasty attack. And it's like, wow, okay. It really makes you think these things happen and just shows you, yeah.
0: And out of nowhere as well. Exactly. Because like, they're just, you yeah. know, just having a friendly chat and then yeah. just yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really, yeah. Because it's, um, it's Stephen Graham, isn't it? Yeah. plays Convo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'd love to work with him. It's amazing. We'll put up a poster as the last performance that brought you to tears from Shane Meadows, 2006. This is England, which means it's time for our final poster. And this depicts, Adam, your unpopular movie opinion.
1: I guess it goes back to Lord of the Rings in the sense of everyone seems to love that film, but I don't, it's not really my cup of tea. But when I say it to other people, they're like, oh my God, I love the movie and so many people love it. But I just feel like I'm a little bit different. It just, yeah, it was just a bit too much for me, like too much going on,
0: and yeah. So I know that's probably a bit of an unpopular opinion. It it, it sure it sure is. It is an unpopular movie opinion. Have you have you? Has no one ever tried to persuade you to watch it? Well, I'm going to give it another go now because mm. I feel like I'm older. This was a long time ago. I want
1: to. Yeah, you know, your taste change as you get older. So. I want to give it another go.
0: I mean, I'm not going to try and sell it to you, but mm-hmm. I'm going to try and sell it to you. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, you got some great British actors in there. Of course, there. Yeah, 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 Sean
1: yeah. Bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing people, yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to check it out. I'm yeah. going to I'm really I am.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, but you're in your opinion is currently, mm. as it stands at this moment in time, mm. you do not like Lord of the Rings. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's just not for me. Just not no. my cup of tea, but so many people do love it,
0: yeah. Yeah. You have you had have you have you had any stand up rows with any of your friends about this? Not
1: we haven't got to that level yet. No. Okay. No. Okay, good.
0: Good. They know it's off the
1: table. They're like just don't mention Just don't invite Adam to <laughs> the Lord of the Rings films, yeah. They
0: just know. If, I mean I mean what if what if all your friends hypothetically were yeah. having a big Lord of the Rings themed party Yeah. you had to come
1: had- Oh get down, like let's just party. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm up for that. Okay,
0: yeah. fine. Yeah, fine. So you would say yes if it because was- it
1: looks incredible. Like when you know, like the way it's shot. It, it, there's so many good things about the film, but I just think, yeah, I, I think I just had a bad experience. I think that's what it is. Mm. Going to such a late showing, I think it put put me off. But yeah, I'll, I'll do a five p.m. showing.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So we'll we're, see if that changes. We're saying there's potential in the future. There's potential. We're, yeah. we're all willing to grow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, currently then, our final poster is for Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. And we've arrived at the last set of doors. Now, there is a queue of people hoping to join you and Ray Winston mm. in the auditorium. Do you want a busy cinema? Because only you at this stage know what movie you're playing for us at the end. So it's your call. Do you want it busy? Not
1: nah, busy, busy. Yep. Yeah, busy. Yeah. Yep.
0: All right, then. We're packing out this cinema. The crowd, go wild. They're pouring into the auditorium. So, there's a few things we're going to play on the big screen before we get to the movie you've picked for us. And the first, is the trailer for the movie you're most looking forward to seeing at the cinema? I think I've got to say some Otherhood*. I've got to, because I think, like, I love
1: the trailer. I didn't edit that myself, but I love what Paramount done with that trailer. I just think, yeah, you hit them. You hit it hard, yeah. Yeah. It's so a great trailer. I want trailer. as many people to see
0: the Otherhood trailer as possible.
1: And then go and watch
0: the film. <laughs> it's a really good trailer. So so I, I've heard about this. So I, quite often, like the directors of a film, just mm. like the trailer is 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 farmed out to- That was the
1: else. one part of the process that, you know, I, I didn't do myself actually. But what was amazing about working with Paramount is we we were just back and forth, you know, we just, they listened to my ideas, my concepts, and and they listened to me. and. I, I feel like what an amazing trailer. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I was really taken back when I saw that for the first time.
0: It's great. And it, it does feature one of the... Uh, the ex- because
1: I feel like, sorry to start, I no. feel like they didn't put too much in it. You know, I feel like you can put too much in a trailer, but this leaves so much more for people to then go and experience in the cinema. So I feel like, yeah, that was, that was, that was good work by Paramount.
0: It, cuz it's it's got i mean you're absolutely right it's uh you know it's it, it's what a trailer should be it's yeah. it's a taste yeah that's it of what to expect from yeah. the movie um and it it's got some jokes in it it's got the it's got the uh, the explosive uh
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that yeah. must have
0: been fun to shoot
1: that was an amazing part of the filming process um just doing our own stunts and blowing up cars and it was, yeah, compared to a novelhood, it was just another world. It was, I felt like a proper director, you know, you're blowing things up and <laughs> you're like, yes, like fighting. And it was amazing. Yeah, we had, but we had such an amazing team and um, we didn't have long to, you know, to shoot this. It was, a, it was a, it was a low budget independent film. And we tried to, to really think out the box mm. and use our time wisely on set to get the best out of what we were doing. Mm.
0: With with, uh, with the uh, the uh, the climax to the car chase, mm. I'm assuming you get one shot at that. One
1: shot, yeah, it had to work. And that was really stressful, like, because if that explosion didn't work on the one, we, we couldn't do it again. We didn't have the budget to do it again. So it was like, we were just all like, please, please, please just work. And it worked. And literally, I think there's some footage floating around where we were just all cheering and like going mad on set. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How many... Obviously like you say You get, you get one shot of this How many cameras Do you actually have on that In the moment then Just to we make had,
1: sure We had I think we might I think we had two cameras On set at all times We always wanted to shoot With two cameras um, We might have had A third camera For that for that shot
0: It looked like you had Maybe a drone camera We did have a drone We right. definitely
1: did have a drone um, So yeah There were certain points Within the the movie Where we'd, we'd get the drone And we'd get
0: Different cameras involved And
1: yeah To try and get all angles
0: so, I mean, this, I, I, I'm getting, certainly, this sounds like the biggest film, like, mm. that you've, you've ever shot yeah. to date. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it like crazy with the, what you were talking about before, just like, you know, your first movie for a while, you know, having feeling like you really wanted to sort of, this to be a calling card mm. for, like, look, I'm back, mm. the biggest film. I mean, like, literally, like, it yeah. sounds like the perfect storm of, like, a, quite a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah. But, do you know, what? I just had an amazing team, and I've got to shout out Finn Bruce, uh, my producer. His attention to detail and how hard he worked, Um, I can't thank him enough. We worked so closely together. Um, We had the same vision. We just put in the hours. But the whole team, you know, um, the guys that funded the movie, they believed in me when no one else wouldn't. Mm. Rob Williams, Barry McNichol, um, Kevin Bishop. I just had an amazing team. Jazzy, Michael. um, I feel blessed. I couldn't have done this by myself.
0: Yeah. Um, Right, listen, we need to to play a few more things on the screen, Adam. And the next thing we're going to play, just to warm up our audience and Ray Winston, is the movie moment that makes you literally or metaphorically pump your fist in the air.
1: I think there was a moment when I watched Pursuit of Happiness when Will Smith gets the job of his dreams. And I felt for him, man. Like I felt his pain and everything he went through. And it inspired me. I guess it even inspired me, you know, just with some otherhood to a certain point because it's that thing of just believing in yourself and just working and hustling your way through until you make it and so when he gets that job at the end of the film I was like yes yes man that's, that's what we want
0: It's a, it's a, it's a tearjerker Yeah well is, Yeah it
1: is and it's a true story that's the kind of movies I love mm-hmm. when it's a true story you know this has really happened I love that
0: yeah. I I I I I agree with you. I think there's I think there's something quite amazing about that moment that you've picked because on the one hand, within the context of the story, mm. everything he's been through, mm. it's amazing for him and that character. Mm. But on the other hand, there's that part of all of us I think that it's like when something truly amazing does happen yeah. to you. Yeah. You, he, I think he says the line something like, you know, it's these moments that you know, a, a true happiness. Yeah. And you yeah. kind of want to cling on to those Yeah, you moments. do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: amazing. It's very, very inspiring.
0: Right, then. We're playing the moment from the end of The Pursuit of Happiness when Will Smith's character, Chris, gets the job in the city. Next, though, we're going to play on the big screen what you consider cinema's most shocking moment.
1: I think a moment that shocked me in cinema, um, if I'm being honest, it was probably the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Like I was, that was like wow. Like, where did that come from? Do you know what I'm saying? You hear about these things happening, and then it just kind of—I think it shocked cinema to its core. Um, yeah, it's quite a mad time in film, I think personally.
0: I—I I mean, so certainly, you know, I think as it uh, as time goes on, we're, we're seeing more and more people who are in positions of power yeah, with, yeah. within the film yeah. industry, both here in the UK yeah. and in America you know, uh, being exposed for, for what they are. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think you've talked about it before, but, you know, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, so you can always go, ah, oh, that was a clue. But his reaction on mm. your win at the Well, Baptist. this is it.
1: This is it. Like, my thing was, like, I know I said earlier, but that whole thing of being naive when I won that BAFTA, because I I was so unaware of the politics in the industry and who you might upset and... And yeah, someone showed me, you know, Harvey Weinstein's face when I won the BAFTA. And I was like, why does he feel like that? Why does he look so pissed off that I've won? And I, t- I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand at the time. But, you know, you, you read things about what he was like as a character and, and what he would do in the industry. And it kind of made sense. So I think, you know, it's, it's amazing that it, there was justice in the end, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, in case anyone hasn't seen uh, that moment, it's, uh, it's yourself, Adam, walking, walking down uh, the the aisle, mm-hmm. the, the cinema. Um, yeah, it's the was it the National Opera House? They held it. It at? was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're walking down, and everyone's applauding. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of love in the room, and then it just cuts to Harvey Weinstein, and he's just looking really angry. But um, I guess I just kind of had to get my head around the fact that I guess you've just come out of nowhere. These other actors, they're very established. They work with big studios. So who is this guy that's come out of nowhere? And but I didn't think it would upset people like that. I didn't think. And I was very naive to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with, with with all due respect, I think on the one hand, there's that way of looking at it. Mm. On the other hand, there's this idea that Harvey Weinstein, you know, maybe he had some skin in the game with one of the other actors. Yeah, but also, yeah. what a sort of what a little window into the kind of person he is, where he's he has that arrogance mm. and that ego that you can sit in an auditorium with mm. every person on every side of you clapping mm. and just fold your arms. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Sit there
1: like yeah. that. Yeah, it was it was it was weird seeing that.
0: Yeah weird moment yeah Mm. okay well it's a good moment to pick for your most shocking moment in cinema next up two things left to play through the dolby atmos speakers first of all we're going to play the line of dialogue that most affected you adam
1: i wouldn't say it most affected me but i just remember watching scarface when i was young and the line like say a lot of my little friend like i loved it man i got so into the movie like, I really did. I just got like hyped up. And it's just one of them lines that were like, yeah, it's powerful, man. I love that movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's where he kicks open the door. With yeah. The, the, yeah. The submachine. Just the
1: shot and the way it was filmed. And I just remember being quite young when I watched it and just, it, yeah, it had an effect.
0: Yeah. Did you watch? So you watched it? It was quite a violent
1: sort of. Yeah. I probably wasn't allowed. <laughs> I must have got it somewhere. Like, some foot th- off a mate or something like that back in the day. Um, I probably weren't allowed to watch it, but I did watch it. And, yeah, I was just like, this is powerful, man. What a great actor.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you should make a UK kind of Scarface. There must be a historic gangster in, the, in UK history where you can sort of do. Yeah, ethical, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: that's what I think I want to do as well. Obviously, you know, the last two films I've done have been comedy, but I really want to take directing serious. And I love directing. And I want to work on other people's work, you know, get people's scripts, put my touch on it, put my stamp on it um directing yeah I, I just want to do it I, I love doing it yeah
0: of all the facets involved in making some other hood so you've obviously you wrote it with your co-writers mm. you're starring in it and you're directing it yeah but of the of the three just you know if I put a gun mm. to your head and went which one would you want to do forever which is it is it is it directing
1: I, it's so hard to choose between acting and directing because I love them both, you know, equally. But I feel like I love what directing means. I love that you can put your vision out there that you, because my attention to detail, honestly, it drives me mad sometimes. But like, I love things being perfect. And I love the the sense of your vision being out there. I love that. And, And to work with actors, I think, you know, being an actor myself, to get to work with other actors, I feel like I understand actors. I feel like I know how to get the best out of them. Um and I love the whole process. I loved making the score. I worked like seven weeks intensely on the score. me and chad um and and then there was the edit and I, I love all the process. so I definitely want to do more directing, but it's hard for me to choose. I think in an ideal world, I'd make more films where I'm acting and directing, maybe mm.
0: yeah. I, I love the fact, having having tried to write myself, I love the fact that writing is not even in the conversation. It's like, that is the one part I'll happily let someone else yeah. do, staring at a laptop screen.
1: So I find that probably the the, the hardest uh, in the process, yeah, just because you've got to put a lot of time and work into that, you know. it's You've got to put a lot of time into work, into the whole thing, but... It's just that a comedy as well, there's a lot of thought that went into this, you know. We wanted it to be one joke after another joke after another joke, one surprise after another. And yeah, a lot of time went into that script. Um, But I think I enjoyed the directing side more. Yeah, I I love that when when everything comes together and you've got the finished product.
0: And I guess, especially with it being a comedy, you having written it, But then being on set as director, because so much comedy on the page, you're like, Mm. that's great. Mm. But then in the moment, for whatever reason, Mm. it just doesn't work within the scene. So at that point, I guess, as the director, you can go, you know what, let's just try something new. Yeah,
1: yeah, we improvise a little bit. Um, The thing is, I was quite, I am pretty much a stickler for everyone sticking to the script. It's weird because I I always want to do a few takes where it has to be word perfect. And then once we've got them takes, then I'll do another take where we improvise a little bit more. But I felt like we worked so hard on every word and the way the words flow together. Yeah, I'd be on to anyone that kind of went away from the script, but it's really, it's really bad. I say that because I actually love improvisers as an actor. So, but as a director,
0: I think completely (laughs) different. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, when I'm on camera, I'm going to be improvising. Everyone else, everything on the page <laughs> not a different letter yep, yep yep um right then the last thing we need to do before we announce the movie you've picked for us to watch tonight is play through the dolby atmos speakers what you adam consider the best use of music mm. in a movie you were just talking about the the score the score is really
1: important mm-hmm. score the score is so important I, like i didn't from making my own movies i realized how much a score can change the film and so for me, I think I was watching Jurassic Park recently and I think they've got an amazing score. That that tune, it's really iconic. And I think that was a great piece of music. I, I always listen to scores of films now. I've become quite obsessed. I want to know every little bit of the tune and why they chose that. And I, I get a bit obsessed with it now. Yeah.
0: Because it, it could, I mean, like, when you're a film fan you, you, you sort of go Oh that's a great score But you don't mm. think about The impact Yeah It can change
1: the whole mood Of a scene
0: Yeah Completely Yeah Completely Yeah And so as well as the score You've got I mean I imagine you spent a bit of time Working on the soundtrack first. Yeah the other.
1: soundtrack Was really important um, And we honestly We were very blessed Because we had a lot of support From the artists We, we wanted some really big tracks In this film And it was hard Because it you know we didn't have necessarily the budget to be able to afford all these tracks we wanted but we just reached out to artists i've got a big up skepta he helped us out um he really supported um there was a lot of love and support it yeah but the music was really important and i think we've been blessed with the music that we managed to get in some other world. i was really happy with
0: that it's great it's great and uh, while we're talking about musicians as well at uh, lethal Bizzle. what a lot yeah, of fun Yeah, he yeah. Is. yeah, yeah.
1: He's always been amazing. I love Lethal, man. He was in an Otherhood. We got him back for some Otherhood, and I love it because he doesn't take. I think sometimes with rappers they can take themselves very serious, and they don't always want to get down on the comedy. But he understands comedy, and he's very funny in real life himself. And yeah, we had. I, I really loved the the moment um, when Lethal's on stage and he's performing, and he's with his with his crew and all that. And yeah that was just for me it was like i'm a massive fan of grime and all that and i just felt like that captured the uk essence of that that music so well i was really proud of that moment on in the in the rave scene and some other hood
0: it's great and i think one of the things that you know i think the minute you sort of go you're watching a movie and you go I don't think the people who made this have ever been to a club, like to actually shoot an authentic yeah, club scene. That's what
1: I wanted. It's a not easy either. A real authentic, like sweatbox kind of rave where everyone's just raving and just that because there is a, I've been to so many raves like that myself and there's an energy and I wanted to capture that. I wanted to capture that on film. And I remember being in the edit when I was thinking, oh, I've kind of left it quite long on this performance. I don't think... The producers are going to let me get away with this. They're going to say it's a bit too long. But no, they, they understood. And they were like, no, I get why it's that long. It needs to be that long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Set the scene. Definitely. Set the scene, capture the moment. Definitely. Create the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because you know how producers are. It's like, well, look, we just want to keep the story moving ahead. But I was like, no, <laughs> we need to take a moment out and just appreciate that musical element for for a moment.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, to bring you back to the start, so through the Dobby Atmos speakers, we're playing John Williams' Jurassic Park score, Mm. and here we are, Adam. It's time to announce to Ray Winston and this packed auditorium, the movie out of all others you have picked for us to watch tonight. What are we watching, Adam?
1: I would like you to watch a novelhood just because it's where my journey started, right, and it will get you excited about some otherhood and I feel like I want more people to see an hood because that was the start of my career. It was very at the time, it was very kind of quite an underground film in a sense it it done well commercially, but it was quite. I guess a niche movie, but this what I'm trying to do with *Some Otherhood*. That's I just want to go more mainstream. It's a mainstream movie, so I'd love people to see my early work, more people to see my early work, and then go out watch *Some Otherhood* and see where I've got to now, see the journey I've been on.
0: Yeah. And in preparation for filming and writing, I guess at *Some Otherhood*, uh, did you revisit *Anotherhood* yourself?
1: Um, I didn't. Re- I mean, I haven't watched that film in a long time. Um. But I know it like the back of my hand. So it's like, I knew what elements we wanted to take from Another Hood and I knew which bits I wanted to leave out and and, and kind of move on. And um, But yeah, every so often I'll go back to *Anotherhood* and take inspiration from it.
0: In terms of Some otherhood, I mean, we talked about the communal cinema experience. Have you had the chance to watch your finished movie in a busy cinema yet?
1: Not a busy cinema yet. I'm okay. waiting for, I really want to go to just like a busy cinema with a young audience and just see how it goes down. But I've been to a few screenings now, and I I've been. have been really amazed by the reaction. There's been a lot of laughter, and I can't. That means everything to me because that's you know you don't want to make a comedy and no one's laughing. So we've had some screenings. People have been laughing. It's been. It's been really surreal listening to people's reactions. But hopefully, I'll get to go to a few cinemas
0: and check out the people when they when they watch it. Yeah. So tell me, as as writer, director, and star. How how is that experience? First of all, before the movie starts, the, the nerves of showing your finished movie to people in in a room and and being mm. there for the journey with them.
1: It's always nervous. It's yeah. always nervous being in a screening and kind of waiting to see if people are going to laugh, waiting to see their reaction. Um, but it was amazing. We had a we had a screening the other day, and literally the Paramount logo came up, and people were cheering. And I forget that I guess to my audience, and especially, especially like. A lot of the younger generation how inspiring that might be to someone you know i forget that some sometimes that i think when you look at this genre where it started it was very niche it was very underground um they always used to call it an urban movie whereas now i think with paramount's backing when you see that logo come up at the start of the movie i think what it says is that we've come a long way in the genre and that now it's looked upon as a mainstream movie rather than just you know, for certain people that might like it. Now we want the masses to go out and watch it.
0: Yeah. Um, just before uh, before we, we move on, I, I realized I didn't ask you the, the most important question. If someone hasn't seen Another Hood, how mm. would you describe Another Hood to someone?
1: How would I describe Another Hood? Well, that, that you know, that was my work 10 years ago. It was for The Times. Um, <laughs> it was set in, what, 2011. Um, it was just a fun way of kind of, making light of the, the films that came before it, all the hood films that I was a part of, mm. um, just just having fun with the, with the urban genre. And that was my first kind of, that was my first, my, yeah, my early work really. Um, but I feel like, I feel, I'd like to say we've definitely stepped up with Some Other Hood. I feel like anyone that's watching Some Otherhood*, Hood, if you were a fan of Another Hood, you're not going to be disappointed because we've got enough nostalgia and enough characters back and them little one-liners that you remember, the Frutella line and all that. We've... <laughs> we've hopefully put it all back there for you. So, um, but yeah, I look back and I, I look back at anotherhood sometimes and I'm like, oh, I wish I did, did this different. And I wish that was a one, a two shot rather than just a single shot. And there's, you know, you just, I can't turn off my directing mind sometimes, but there's so many things I'd like to do differently. But I feel like for the budget we had back then, and um, I think we've done what we could. Yeah, mm. I was re- I'm really proud of
0: that, anotherhood. Yeah, I'm proud of both films. So your recommendation is... Thursday, the 12th of October, get out Another Hood, rent Another Hood, watch Mm. Another Hood. Yeah. Friday, the 13th of October. Make sure
1: you check out some Other Hood, yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Hell of a double bill. I love it. Hey, Adam, that is it. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night out of the movies. But before you go, it's time for this week's mystery question as we ask, what's in the box. Saw
1: you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box?
0: Okay, so I, you actually just started to touch on this. So this week's mystery question is: What advice have you got for someone who perhaps doesn't have access to necessarily the best equipment or facilities if they want to break into film, either in front of or behind the camera? What's your advice?
1: I think you've got to do whatever you can do, and what I mean by that is. If you've got a good idea, you've got a good concept, there's always a way to to get it seen in some shape or form because everyone's got a mobile phone now. The quality on these phones are amazing now. You can be so creative. The stuff you can do on the computer and all that, um, I find it incredible what you can do with technology now. But I think especially young people, they're so in tune with how to use this equipment. And I think that's what you've got to do. You've just got to pick up the equipment yourself, borrow a friend's camera. You've got YouTube now. Like start small and things will get bigger i think sometimes with a young generation they're in a rush to kind of get everything all at once they want everything now and i feel like you've got to work hard you've got to step by step it's a process but never give up and i honestly mean that because honestly we faced so much rejection making this film it would have been really easy just to think you know what we give up we just give up but we believed in our project i believed in it and put pen to paper There's no point just thinking of ideas. Put pen on paper and you'll be
0: surprised how, you know, that, that can shape into something else over time. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Adam. Hey, your taxi has arrived to ferry you back to reality. But before you go, it's time to recap your perfect night out. At the cinema, you are going with Ray Winston at five in the evening. You are sitting in the middle, absolutely not at the front if it's a massive screen. You're having a hot dog with ketchup, no mustard and as many fried onions as you can get in that bun. You're having a big Coke and some properly sour sweets. While walking down the corridor, your fondest movie memory is watching Home Alone 2 and the 3D movie posters that were around at the time. Your worst movie memory is Lord of the Rings The Fellowship of the Ring. Your last performance that brought you to tears from Shane Meadows' 2006 movie This Is England combo eating up milky and your unpopular movie opinion Lord of the Rings is getting a kick in
1: I'm never going to get to work with them guys am I <laughs> they're never going to employ me
0: but Lord of the Rings is not very good but you're willing to try so the movie trailer that we're playing is for some other hood then the moment that makes you pump your fist in the air the end of Pursuit of Happiness where Chris gets the job then the most shocking moment in cinema harvey weinstein full stop the line of dialogue from a movie that most affected you say how old to my little friend not as good as yours not as good as yours the music in a movie the best use of music in a movie is from jurassic park before finally adam we are watching another hood before people go out and see some other hood you made that sound so cool (laughs) i love that yeah um Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Have you had a good time? I've had
1: an amazing time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been
0: amazing, yeah. Thank you so much and congratulations on the film. Thank you. And as Adam's cab carries him away from our virtual cinema, off into the distance, we must all leave his movie paradise and return to reality, But to soften the blow, how would you like a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon Cinema? Each week we give away a pair to someone who leaves us a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. It's that simple. So jump on there, give us a review, and if I read it out, we will send you a pair of tickets. The competition is only open to UK residents, and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full video for today's Adam Deacon interview, and indeed for every guest over on our trip to the movie's YouTube channel, so do head over there, and as I said at the start, help us grow the podcast by subscribing, and that really... Really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest fills our cinema with their celluloid dreams as they take us on a trip to the movies. Bye-bye.